Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 126 of The Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi, and with me, as always, is Tony Pauline. And on this week's episode, we'll be joined by East-West Shrine Bowl star and former Berry College wide receiver Mason Kinsey, player who really put himself on the map with a strong week in St. Pete. Yeah, I absolutely did. I mean, here's a guy who, coming into the season, scouts graded as basically a, a street free agent. Didn't even expect him to get signed after the draft. It was one of those situations where he would be invited to a rookie mini camp right after the draft to see if he was going to get an invite to camp. Kinsey, you know, was a consistent performer throughout his college career, as we talked about. And if you've listened to us, listened to any of our podcasts from Shrine Game or you read any of my reports at Pro Football uh, Network, uh, he was spectacular all week. Not the fastest guy. We'll talk about that. But, you know, runs scissor sharp routes, precise routes. No one could stay with this guy out of his breaks. And he caught everything. And fundamentally very sound and a tough player as well. Someone who, you know, was going to be potentially a fifth receiver return specialist at the next level. Absolutely. And Kinsey was not invited to the combine last month, but he was one of the ones that was lucky enough to fit in a pro day before COVID-19 pretty much shut down the country. We're going to discuss that with him later, but some other small school players, not quite as lucky. One of those players is James Madison's John Daka led the FCS with 16 and a half sacks in 2019, like Kinsey. Not a combine invite. Did have a pro day scheduled for March 19th, which is last Thursday. Obviously, that didn't happen. And these are the types of guys who are really most affected by the lack of pro days and official business. Right, Tony? Yeah, absolutely. And in the case of DACA, I mean, here's, he's someone that I've written about and tweeted about throughout the season, especially as James Madison was making their way through the uh, Division One AA playoffs. Uh, he was a great player, a, a great defender, but scouts wanted to see height, weight, and speed. And the fact that he didn't get to show that really puts him on the back foot. Now, what do I mean? I mean, coming into the season, scouts figured he's six one and a half, two 220-pound guy who runs in the four sevens. During training for his pro day, uh, Daka came in at six foot two. 240 pounds. He was running the 40 in a 4.5 flat. They even have him on laser at 4.49 seconds in the 40 at 240 pounds. He had a 41 inch vertical jump and a broad jump of 11 feet, two inches. Now, you know, what happens is when you get into the later rounds of the draft, as we spoke about last week, teams really, when they look at their board, they start to go for the height, weight, speed guys. So a guy like Daka, who a lot of people thought was an undrafted free agent. If he gets to work out during his pro day and he puts up those numbers, four, four, nine, or four, 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 five flat in the 40, a 41 inch vertical jump. And he looks at athletic and you combine that with the tape. Guess what? DACA is now uh, really a last day pick, a potential middle of day three pick. 
but because there's no pro day because of what's happening in the outside world, which we understand is, you know, incredibly uh, more important than, than the world of football, but because of that, he's probably going to fall outside the draft. And you know what? Whoever signs John Daka is going to get a, a steal because I think this guy's going to be a great situational pass rusher and special teamer at the next level. Now we'll get to our interview with Mason Kinsey in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsor. With most of the sports world on hiatus, you might think that online betting would take a hit. But Tony and I are here to tell you that's just not the case. While you're waiting this out at home with us and listening to us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.com. Even without the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack, which may be a good way to uh, spend some time while you're sitting home quarantined. And sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and a new addition, their $750,000 poker series. And anybody who knows me knows that last one is mighty tempting. And anybody who knows me, as Chris will tell you, if I'm in the spelling bee, bet against me. It's a sure win. <laughs> but yeah, Chris, there's still lots of fun to be had at betonline.com. And use our promo code, MYPOD100. That's M Y. POD 100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.com and use our promo code MYPOD, M-Y-P-O-D 100, MYPOD 100. BetOnline, the fun never ends. And Lord knows we could use a lot of fun these days. As promised, we're joined by Mason Kinsey out of Division III Berry College, a player who caught 49 touchdowns the past three seasons and proved that it wasn't just level of competition after a great week at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Mason, welcome to the Draft Analysts. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we'll kind of start from the top here. You played high school ball in Northeast Georgia, ended up at Division Three Barry, a few hours west of your hometown. Did you get any Division One scholarship offers, and what ultimately led you to head to Barry? Yes, sir, I did. My, my first official offer was Mercer, uh, which is D1AA school in Macon. It was really the first team that really came through and offered me late into my senior year. Uh, I ended up actually getting a call from them in the winter, probably Christmas break of my senior year. And they told me they had a Juco transfer that wanted to come in in the second semester. They didn't think they were going to get him or that he he wasn't going to get into school. So they said, if he comes, then they're going to have to pull my scholarship and give him preferred walk on. And if he doesn't, then my offer was still on the table. So ultimately he ended up coming, they pulled my scholarship offer, ended up giving me a preferred walk-on. Um, I had some partial scholarships to some other D1AA schools and some preferred walk-ons. Uh, I visited Shorter, which is a D2 school right down the street, also in Rome from Barry. Um, University of the Cumberland was an NAI school in Kentucky, and Barry was actually the only D3 school that I visited, and it was my last college visit. Um, I got there, liked the coaches, loved the people there, loved the community. It was a newer program. I loved what they had going on there. And so I ultimately ended up going. Let me ask you, was there any thoughts of transferring to a bigger school and say using Barry as, as a launching pad for your career to try and get a scholarship to one of those, you know, higher graded, uh, higher level competition schools? Or was it once you were at Barry, you're like, hey, I'm here to stay for the four years? I always had the, the mindset of if they're good enough, they'll find you. Um, I, I, I thought that. You know, whatever school gives me a chance, I'm going to prove them right. Um, and Barry did that, and they believed in me. And 
you know, I came in as a freshman and I played a significant amount of time. And I said, you know, this is a school that believes in me. They gave me a shot. Um, I'm getting heat here. Um, and I knew my brother, my, I knew my brother who's two years younger than me was going to end up leaving Hab as well. And, um, trying to play college football. And he also ended up coming to Barry with me my junior and senior year. So I got to play with my brother again. And we actually he, – he was an all-conference tight end for us last year. And that's the first time that me and him had actually got to play a lot together since rec ball. So it was a great opportunity, and I'm really thankful that I stayed. Absolutely. And you mentioned getting on the field that freshman season. As a sophomore, really had a big year, 77 catches, 1,245 yards. But as a junior – those numbers went down to 52 catches and 776 yards. The TDs were still there. You scored 16 times. And I know that the passing stats for you guys as a whole were down that season, but anything else that might've gone into kind of that downtick in production? My junior year, we were kind of young at receiver. I was a junior. I was the oldest receiver in the room and we started three other freshmen at receiver. So we had three freshmen and me, we had a new quarterback starting my junior year. We actually had, uh, quarterback that played my freshman and sophomore year. Then we had a new quarterback my junior year, a new quarterback my senior year. So played with a lot of quarterbacks. But I think it was mostly just because we were trying to fill out. I started after my sophomore year, I started seeing a lot of cover eight, a lot of six boundary, a lot of double teams, just straight up double teams. So I wasn't really just getting one-on-one -on -one looks and we couldn't just pick on people anymore. So we had to establish these younger guys into a role into the offense to say, okay, how are we going to find ways to get me open? And those guys eventually became sophomores. They grew up, and they started making a lot of plays. And I think that's another reason to give them some credit as to why my numbers were so good my senior year is because they showed up and they played, and they helped me out a lot. So you'd say the biggest key to kind of your bounce back as a senior was just everybody else getting more experience around you and drawing some more coverage and pretty much just not allowing defenses to fully key on you, knowing that you're the big gun on offense. Yeah, Absolutely. Let me ask you, what type of offense did you play at Berry? Was it a, a pro set? Did you, you know, was it uh, a lot of movement with the quarterback? We were no huddle uh, spread, but we were about 50-50 run pass, I would say, or at least we tried to stay pretty balanced as far as that goes. We had a second team all-conference running back this year who really stepped up, who was actually one of my roommates, and he went for 1,000 yards rushing. And we had another freshman that rotated in at running back that did really well before he was injured. So it was a lot more balanced, I would say, my senior year. But we were spread no huddle as, as a whole. Now, you said you got to play with your brother, who's a tight end. But you, you used the spread offense. Was the tight end lined in tight? Or did your brother often line up in the slot? Most of the time, he was lined up in tight, uh, usually on the line. So we would go 11 personnel. We'd go three receivers, one tight end. But sometimes he was split out wide, especially in towards the – towards the red zone, but we used him a lot for like going up a gap. I mean, my brother's tough as nails. So we used him a lot as ISO blocking up a gap and really going head on head with linebackers and just running it down teams throats. We had to. Let's go back a year ago to March of 2019. Uh, when most schools have what is known as junior timing day where the NFL scouts come in, this is usually uh, a week before, a week after pro day, scouts will come in and they will weigh and measure all the underclassmen, or the juniors specifically, not all the underclassmen, specifically the juniors. In some instances, they have uh, the guys run the 40. The top schools don't run the 40 anymore. I know that Barry didn't have a junior timing day, but you participated in the junior timing day at West Georgia, if I'm correct. Yes, sir. That's right. What was that experience like? It was awesome. Uh, it's always been a dream for me to play college, uh, play professional football. And so I really didn't know where it was going to kind of head. I knew I had to put up numbers. I knew I had to show up on film. 
And I was just really waiting for a call. So my my head coach, uh, Coach K, got an email from the Bucks said they wanted to get me at the West Georgia Junior Day. I showed up. It had been raining the, for at least a week. It was a full week of just pouring down rain. West Georgia's field was grass. So it was completely flooded. And I really just said, okay, well, I guess we're not going to run the 40. We're just going to do hand weight, uh, hand length, arm length, height, weight, and take the wonder lick. So we did all that. And the Bills actually ended up showing up. Keith Jennings, who's an area scout for the Buffalo Bills, started showing up. I chopped it up with him a little bit. And they said, do you want to run? And I said, yeah, if you find a spot for me to run, then absolutely. So the the plan was to run at Carrollton High School, which is an indoor facility now that West Georgia actually just had their pro day at. So we drive to Carrollton, and they say, hey, the, the stadium's not ready to be ran on. So I said, I don't really know when I'm going to get this opportunity again. So I was like, I'll run in the rain. I, I don't really care. So I ended up running outside in the rain, um, putting up times there, and that's kind of when school – or that's kind of when teams started finding interest as <laughs> as soon as they got the times back from there. So you ran in the rain at Carrollton High School? Yes, sir. What kind of uh, field was that? Was that a turf? Was it grass? What was it like? It was turf. But it was probably 45, 50 degrees and raining. So, but I, I, like I said, I didn't really know if I was ever going to get the opportunity again. And I've kind of been waiting my whole life for something like this just to even get a look. And uh, they said, are you going to run under the four sixes? And I said, absolutely. And honestly, I hadn't timed the 40 since I was a senior in high school. So I honestly had no idea. But I said, I'm going to go out there and run as fast as I can. So I did and ended up um, playing out well for myself. So glad I went. Now, at what point during your career, obviously after junior timing day here when there was some attention paid to you, when did you first start noticing some NFL scouts at your games? And when you saw them, did you know that they were there to watch you? Yeah, I think I had a total of 24 teams come by and visit me at Mary. There was just a select few that I actually didn't talk to. So I ended up meeting with one-on-one with all those teams, except for maybe one or two because I had class. But it ended up timing up well to where I could meet these guys. A lot of them stayed for practice. Um, I had a few come to the games. I know for sure the Falcons were at one of my games at home. I remember him being on the sideline in warm-ups. Uh, but it was awesome, man. It was a great experience. I got to meet a lot of awesome people. Um, got to really see what it's like just kind of going through the scouting process as far as being a college football player, and I learned a lot. You know, you're going through your, your senior season of 2019 – when did you start to get the idea that you could be invited to a postseason all-star game, like the Shrine game, maybe the NFLPA game? And, you know, was anybody contacting you about it? Were they speaking to your coaches about it? How did that situation go down? Yeah, the Von Hutchins, who's the Southeast scout or the South scout for the NFLPA, actually came by and talked to me and watched practice at my school. He was actually there the same day that Jamie Moore from the Colts were there. They were there at the same exact day. And it was kind of ironic because he actually played for the Colts as well, but he came by, watched me practice. We stayed in touch, um, and I knew that later on in the season that invites were starting to come out. My coaches said they had talked to the scouts from the East-West Shrine, but they actually never came by and saw me in person. So personally, I thought, okay, if I get an invite, it's going to be to the NFLPA Bowl. Well, I knew through social media that the role of invites, invites started rolling into some guys, and my coach ended up texting me. And he said, hey, I have something in my office. Uh, you probably want to come get this. And so then I kind of started to have an idea. I was like, oh, man, this could be a bowl game invite. Got to his office, and it said East-West Shrine Bowl at, on the front. And I was kind of overcome with emotions because um, I feel like I've, I've lived a life as far as my football life is 
being really overlooked, um, doubted a lot of times, and maybe not getting the opportunities that I thought I necessarily deserved. And it was awesome for them to see that they believed in me enough to extend me an invite. And it was an, I had an awesome time while I was down there. Now, as a D3 player who obviously has something to prove, as you said, kind of overlooked your entire life, what were you looking forward to the most about going to St. Pete and getting to perform on that stage? I really just wanted to show that I could compete with a higher competition. I felt like that was the biggest question over my head. I felt like people, you know, question obviously how I ended up at D3 and how well coached and how good these players were that I was playing against. So I really was looking forward to man-on-man coverage, just one-on-one coverage, and going up against some of the best players in the country. And I wanted to prove that I could play with the best players in the country. Did you build a rapport with any of the quarterbacks from the week of practice at the Shrine game? I mean, was there one guy that when you stepped to the line in the one-on-ones or the full scrimmage, you were like, ah, I'm glad he's under center because, uh, you know, he's going to be looking my way or I know it's going to be a better-than-average pass. I don't want to say who was your favorite quarterback at the Shrine game, but, I mean, which quarterbacks were you most impressed with? James Morgan from FIU is an yeah. awesome one. I think he's a tremendous leader. I think he has all the intangibles. I think that he's just a great man all around. I think he's a great man of faith. I think he has great character, and I also think he's a great quarterback. Uh, Kevin Davidson as well from Princeton. I think he has a very strong arm. I see a lot of, like, Josh Allen in him. I don't know as much as a runner, but as far as arm strength, I see a lot of Josh Allen in him because he can absolutely sling it. And Stevens from Mississippi State, I, I think he's, he's another guy that brings in a lot of um, leadership. And a lot of people follow him. But I think me and Kevin did a lot here in the game individually. Um, I caught two passes from Kevin really quickly in the possession that I was in. Um, But, I I mean, I I can't really say anything bad about all three of them. I think all three of them are good. But I think me and Kevin had a little um, chemistry going on during during the game for sure. And he had, he had definitely had the strongest arm of the uh, the group at the Shrine game that week. I mean, he could sling it down the field. And we had James Morgan on this uh, podcast just a couple of weeks ago. He was terrific. Now, one last thing. You were also uh, on the same squad, the East team, as Malcolm Perry, the former quarterback who lined up a receiver during Shrine week. Did you connect with uh, Malcolm Perry at all? What was he like? Oh, yeah. He's a great dude. Standout guy. Um, I think he works really hard. Um, I think that's something that you can say about Malcolm. And, you know, it's a tough transition from quarterback to receiver, but I felt like he did well during the week as far as doing what he could to become a receiver. And Coach Randall L. did, did an awesome job about putting me and me and him in, in situations to where he thought that we could be successful. So he used us really similarly as far as route concepts and kind of the places he was putting us. He, he gave us a playbook at the beginning of the week, and he said, hey, you two guys are my hybrids. I'm going to put you at X, Z, and F. And he said, so I want you all to learn all three positions. So me and Malcolm did did a lot as far as trying to learn all three positions, and I felt like he did well. And he didn't catch a pass during the Shrine game, but when you put the ball into his hands, he makes a play. So he lines up the quarterback and goes for about 50 and scores a touchdown. So um, I was really excited for him. Now, obviously, you talked about one-on-ones. You talked about building rapport with quarterbacks, playing all those different positions. What would you say the one thing – that you took away most from what you were able to, to accomplish that week would be? That's a good question. Um, I, think, I think really just showing everyone and really proving to myself as well that I belong there. Um, because, you know, when, when you have a lot of people doubting as far as level of competition and things like that, and you've never been able to go up toe-to-toe every snap with those people, then you kind of start questioning yourself is, okay, am I going to be able to do this against those players? So after the first day, I got really comfortable. I started 
doing well, started getting open, started, you know, feeling more and more comfortable in the offense and just running routes up against better athletes. And I think confidence as a, as a, as was a big thing for me and showing other people too as well that I can play with a level of competition. You know, unlike your uh, experience at Junior Timing Day uh, at West Georgia, we had some great uh, weather that week at St. Pete. Uh, so, you know, you leave the Tropicana Dome. St. Pete is known as more than just a football game, uh, unlike, say, the Senior Bowl, the NFLP game, NFLPA game. Tell us about some of your Shrine game experiences off the field. Uh, we went to the Shriners Hospital, and that was awesome. Um, got to meet a lot of special people, a lot of special kids, a lot of, peop- a lot of kids that go through battles that a lot of people – couldn't even fathom um, and they do it with a smile on their face and they have a great attitude about it. Um, a lot of people can look about what they don't have in life. And I think that those kids appreciate everything they have going in life. And I think they keep a great attitude about everything that's going on. And I've actually stayed in touch with a few people down there and it's been great. Um, I, I don't think that you just build relationships for a week. I think that you have the opportunity to build relationships for a lifetime with those kids and those people and the staff that work there. So um, I would definitely say that was the highlight of the week. Now, you weren't invited to the Combine, but you were lucky enough to get a pro day in at Kennesaw State before COVID-19 pretty much shut down much of the pre-draft process here. Your jumps and bench, all above average, but you ran the 40 in 4.53 seconds. It's a little bit slower than that 4.47 you ran when we talked about the West Georgia uh, Junior Timing Day last spring. Is there any story or reasoning behind that difference? Yeah, I, uh, that's funny that you brought that up because I actually did a, a recorded pro day at my facility today. So... Um, I was I was recorded in the low four fours of my facility before my pro day, and I was looking forward to doing that. Obviously, the facilities indoors at Chip Smith Performance in Norcross, but we ran we ran at Kennesaw State into the wind, which I thought was a little odd. Um, but I ran today, um, recorded on on camera with times. I actually ended up clocking a four three five and a four three seven. Wow! Um, indoors went seven flat on the L cone and went four one nine in the short shuttle. Uh, I added three reps to my bench. I went 19 on the bench, and my jump was 10, three and a half, I believe, and my vert was 36. So the jump stayed about the same, but I improved all my times, which is something I was really – I was honestly disappointed at Kennesaw State about my times, and I knew I could run way faster. Um, but the scouts honestly weren't as concerned as I was, um, which I thought was kind of weird. I, I was upset because I know I could have done better. And I, I was upset with myself, and they were like, look, man, we, your film shows that you can play, your shine tape shows you can play, and we know you can play. And I talked to a few scouts, and they said, at the end of the day, we know you can play football. These times don't mean a lot. So I think, you know, you have to take times into consideration, but at the end of the day is who can play football um, and who's, who's good at playing football because at the end of the day, those, those times aren't, I, don't, I don't think are a direct correlation of how good of a football player you are. Um, it it kind of – you train to be a combine player. You don't train to be a football player. So I'm really glad that's over. I'm, I'm actually glad that, that I got the times that I wanted and I got them out there and I got them on video and it's going to be sent to all 32 teams and they're improved times um, because I know I'm a low 4-4, high 4-3 guy, running 4-3 in the mid 4-3s on a good day. Um, but I know I can run that fast. Um, I feel like I play that fast and I feel like, you know, I can do that consistently. So I'm glad I kind of get to wash away a little bit of the runs from the KSU Pro Day and put my actual times out in front of scouts two things number one you said that um during Kennesaw State Pro Day you ran into the wind did you run both attempts into the wind yeah both into the wind I thought it was very odd that we didn't flip it uh because my my agent said that he's never really been to a pro day that they force you to run into the wind or they at least don't give you a run the opposite way 
Yeah, you usually they'll have you run into the wind one one way and run with the yeah. wind, and then they'll kind of average them out. Yeah, that that's what I thought too, and we didn't we we didn't flip it at all. So that was a little confusing to me. And when I knew I was in the mid to low four fives, I was like, that's why I was so upset because previously I'd been clocked at four four one and four four three at my at my facility. So I'm thinking, you know, there's a chance I can I can spark into the four threes with a good day, and I add over one tenth of a second to my forty time. So that that kind of upset me a little bit. Now you said you were you were filmed today doing a workout, a combine type workout, which all the teams are going to get. You you mentioned your terrific marks. What have your workouts been like since uh, you know since your pro day, since the lockdown that's going on around the country? Can you just explain to our listeners, you know, what's been going on or, or how you've been going about it and where you're training? Absolutely, um, I've had the I've had the opportunity to train at Chip Smith Performance in Norcross. They have a very family based business that they run there. Chip is like a grandfather to me. He, he knows a lot. He's very knowledgeable, um, especially with this coronavirus going around. He, he's done a good job about being careful about who he lets into the facility and how many people he lets into the facility. So we're training in about groups of six right now, and he's rotating them into where we don't have as many people at the facility at a time just to try and keep the numbers down and keep the risk down for getting people infected. So, um, but the workouts are good. Uh, we run. We do workout, we work out, we run, we do uh, position work, and we also uh, I work out with Tavares King, who played six years in the league. He went to Habersham Central, which is where I went to high school at, and he's like a big brother to me. So I've trained with Tavares a long time. He's actually the position coach for receivers at Chip Smith's place now. So I get to train with him position work three times a week. So I've had an awesome time doing it. It's good to hear. It's good to see that Chip Smith is doing that, that you try and keep some sort of normality to your schedule and you're getting the workouts in while keeping everybody safe. Let me ask you, what other players, other draft, potential draft picks uh, are you training with there at Chip Smith? Uh, Aaron Parker, the wide receiver from Rhode Island. He sure. got a combine invite. Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, Alabama. He, he was there for the pre-combine stuff. Uh, Antonio Williams, who was an Ohio State transfer, the running back in North Carolina. Rodney Smith, running back from Minnesota. DeAndre Overton, uh, receiver from Clemson. Sure. Uh, we have we uh, Bronson Ricksteiner from the fullback from uh, Kennesaw State. He's an absolute freak, um, for, uh, freak athletic wise. Um, but yeah, we've had we've had a we've had a great group of guys um, and a lot of offensive and defensive linemen that are Power Five guys. We've got North Carolina, um, Clemson, uh, Georgia. We got a bunch of people in there, so it, it, it's been awesome. A lot of Shrine Game guys too, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had we had uh, five or six guys from the Shrine that went that are, that are there. And the Kennesaw State kid, I tweeted out about him. His father was a uh, a famous uh, wrestler in, in the WWE. Mm -hmm. Yeah, him and his him and his uh, his father and his uncle are Hall of Fame WWE wrestlers. Did, did did he teach any wrestling moves, or he doesn't care? But he does what he wants to be uh, disassociated with that. No, no. He, he actually said after football is over with him, he's going to go into professional wrestling. Uh, I think Bron if, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think Bronson won a state championship in wrestling in high school, and he's a big dude. So uh, I, try not to, <laughs> I try not to grab on him too much because he might pick me up and slam me on my head. <laughs> now, you mentioned Tavares King, and you mentioned that you knew him before you even went to college. So what's it like working with somebody and then several years later, now you're working with him again at the facility. I mean, he knows kind of your ins and outs. He saw you at a younger age. He sees you now, knows kind of your breadth for improvement. And what kind of advantage 
does a relationship like that, especially for someone who obviously played in the league, kind of provide you? Oh, man. I mean, he's done – I can't even put into words how much Tavares has done for me. Uh, he's actually one of the reasons that I, that I work 12. He's one of the reasons why I play receiver. Um, I was actually a running back growing up. So I played running back up until ninth grade. And I ended up playing receiver when I when I started on varsity after that. And he started training with me in the offseason uh, whenever he was home from being on teams and things like that. And he's practically showed me about everything I know about playing receiver. Um, he's done a lot for me. So um, I can't even put into words how much he's done for me. I'm so thankful that he's at Chip's place now. He lives right down the road. Uh, me and him hang out all the time. So I'm glad I can have a big brother figure like him in my life. Now, obviously, with your college career and everything kind of in the rear view now, looking ahead to the draft, kind of give us a scouting report on yourself. First off, what would you say are your biggest strengths? I would just say I'm the hardest worker in the room. Uh, no matter where I go, it doesn't matter if I'm delivering mail or if I'm catching touchdown passes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it with an effort that's unlike any other. Um, I want to be the best at everything that I do. Um, it doesn't matter to me where you come from or, or what your name is. I'm going to give you everything I got every snap. Um, and I'm a guy that's just going to leave it out all on the field. Um, I, I tell people all the time, I don't care if I'm catching passes, if I'm returning kicks, if I'm kicking the ball, if I'm long snapping. Um, I'm going to do everything I can to be the best at it and give myself an opportunity to stay in this league as long as I can because it's an opportunity that 99% of the world doesn't get. I'm going to be somebody that's going to be reliable. I'm going to show up to work every day, and you're going to know that, that Mason's going to show up. So, um, you know, I'll be really thankful for any team that takes me. I, I don't have a choice, um, but I know whoever whoever does take the chance on me is 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 definitely going to be happy with the choice that they make. Now, let me ask you this: With that said, what part of your game do you feel needs the most attention? Or say, when you came into the uh, the postseason training, what portion of your game were you focused on the most or worked the hardest on? Because you said, you know, this may be the weak link in the chain. Uh, as far as you mean, as in football, or you mean as in just like combine stuff? Either or, any of it. Well, I think I think after I answered the question of competition at the East-West Shrine and showed that I could hold my own, I think people were, were curious as to if I could run. Um, and that's why I was a little upset about the times at my KSU Pro Day. And that's why another reason why I wanted to get times up today is because I wanted to show that I can run. So when all these teams get this video and see the times that I posted, uh, I definitely want to answer that question because I feel like I'm a good route runner. I feel like my hands are really good. Um, and I work really hard at both of those things. I can adjust well to man or zone coverage, um, but I really just wanted to show people that I could run with everybody in the league. And I think that was the next question that I had to answer. And I'm excited for all 32 teams to get this video of me today and get it out. And I can answer that question too. So maybe they might have to come up with a few more if they can find any. Now, what's kind of your thought process leading into the draft here? I mean, you just sent that tape off to 32 teams. They're going to be kind of going through some things, thinking about where you fit into the picture. Where would you say you fit in as far as when you expect to be drafted and kind of anything else on your mind regarding the draft? Uh, I mean, really the draft, um, y'all know, uh, the draft's a toss-up. You know, it'd be a blessing to be drafted. It's a dream come true. But honestly, if, if I was a minicamp invite guy, I mean, I really wouldn't care because, like I said, I'm going to show up no matter where, if I was drafted in the first round or if I'm a minicamp invite, invite guy, you're going to get the same effort from me. So I really don't care uh, where I end up. You know, I just want to go to a place that I feel like I have the best chance to make a roster. It's not about money for me. It's not about fame for me. I, I want to play football because I love the game of football. 
And that's what I want to do, and I want to do it for as long as I can. So if I can stay in the league and stay on a team for as long as possible, that's, that's where I think that I fit in. I think that I fit into the place that would give me an opportunity to make, make the, the roster. Now, Mason, that's all we've got for you today. Thanks again for coming on the show. It was really great chatting with you, and I want to wish you the best of luck moving forward through the rest of the pre-draft process here. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Mason, thanks for joining us. I was impressed watching you at Shrine Game Practices. You absolutely can play at the next level, and I know we're all going to enjoy watching you play Sunday football in the coming months. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Now, we'll be back with some more information on Mason Kinsey right after this message from our sponsor. Here at the Draft Analyst, we're super excited to work with True Classic Tees. Style is changing, formal wear is out, and the t-shirt is in. And that was true well before we were told to essentially not leave our homes. Based in LA, True Classic Tees is a t-shirt company that's on the rise. Their t-shirts are fitted and soft. They hold up in the wash and they're incredibly versatile. You can wear them out, you can wear them to work out, or you can wear them around the house, a place where we'll all be spending a lot of time uh, these couple of weeks. And the best part, they're incredibly cheap. Gone are the days of paying $30 for a t-shirt. True Classic Tees are only $15, and now you can get them for even less. Go to trueclassictees.com and use our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for a 20% discount. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com for 20% off your order. Now, obviously, lots of things in the sports world are kind of on pause right now, but not the NFL draft, despite the wishes of GMs around the league who unanimously suggested to the commissioner that they wanted the draft pushed back. We'll see what happens with that. But there is a good amount of interest around the league in Mason Kinsey, especially in the AFC East. Both the New York Jets and the New England Patriots have done work on the former Barry Star, as have the Indianapolis Colts and the Minnesota Vikings. Tony, what are you hearing about the market for Kinsey and where he might land in the draft? Yeah, as well as uh, the Atlanta Falcons, as he mentioned, uh, and you, oh, you also said the Indianapolis Colts. You know, I, I think – I hope he gets selected in the late rounds. I think he's worthy of a late-round selection. As I said earlier on, you know, you're looking at a potential slot receiver, number five receiver that can also – uh, be used as a punt returner. I think he would be a dynamic punt returner. You know, that, that quickness and sharpness that uh, he showed running routes at Shrine Game, and it, really he showed throughout his college career, really just translates incredibly well uh, to the next level as far as a punt returner is concerned. You know, when you look at the Jets, Jets have Jamison Crowder and Braxton Barrios. You know, I, I don't know about that. I think the Vikings could absolutely – I could absolutely see the Vikings uh, selecting him or signing him, you know, to add some depth. You know, the Patriots, I think he is perfectly made for the Patriots. Now, granted, this is post-Tom Brady, but if they're going to use the same sort of system, I, I mean, that is that is a glove on a hand. That is a natural fit. And, you know, I think the Patriots, if they really like him, uh, absolutely would consider taking uh, Kinsey in the late rounds. Yeah, when I first saw the Patriots' interest in him, it, I thought the same exact thing. I mean, this guy is just, the, to a T, pretty much exactly – you know, that slot receiver that they're always looking for, that they're always kind of taking flyers on late in the draft. And, you know, why can't Mason Kinsey be the next one? I mean, that's it. And again, you know, Belichick likes versatility and Kinsey's got it. Versatility on offense as a receiver, you know, a special teams player as a return specialist. And if he's not seeing a lot of time as a receiver early in his career, I guarantee you he'll be on coverage units as well. Now we'll wrap up the show in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. 
It's an unprecedented time in the job market right now, but LinkedIn is here to help. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. And the only place to find that perfect hire is LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidate with hard and soft skills, the ones you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn and why companies rate LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. And we got to say in this job market, we really appreciate LinkedIn advertising on our podcast. And that's it for the 126th episode of The Draft Analyst presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. Another special thanks goes out to Mason Kinsey for joining us on this week's show. And we hope you all got as much out of the interview as we did. On behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. Good night. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.